Hello, everyone in the room and out there in the world listening. This is Verified, a podcast, a monthly podcast with me, Vera Luisa Franco, a possibility management trainer and explorer of questions. And my purpose of doing this podcast is basically to, to find out what is really next culture? What is, what are the characteristics of a culture that is emerging out of radical responsibility and after patriarchy has run its course? And so there's a lot of conversation about what the patriarchy is doing, what's going on, what is wrong, and we need to get out of it, but then get out into what? And I want to discover what that what is and how it works and how how we can discover it together. How can we create it and explore it together? And so once a month, I'll be having uh, at least at least at first a one hour conversation in practice with other people in a Zoom space, online Zoom space for free and diving into these questions, various themes about culture and the world and people and um, also non-human um, elements of, of this beautiful world and pass that theme through the net of the distinctions of possibility management, which is a field of research and transformation and evolution based in the context of radical responsibility. And so this, the what in possibility management I call, we call next culture is the culture that emerges after matriarchy and patriarchy, and it is based on the context of radical responsibility. So I'm really glad to start with uh, a hot topic, sexuality. First, when I, when I started this, uh, okay, what, what will I talk about first? I thought what could be a great um, theme that is so misunderstood or so undefined in so many different cultures and, and, and how could this, and, and, and so relevant, so, um, permeating every, every person in the world. And so I thought about sexuality and archiarchy. And so first of all, I was doing a little bit of research online and, I was curious about what is what is the definition, what is the meaning of sexuality, and it's of course it's really interesting to understand to see that in even in dictionaries, sexuality is not really defined. It's human experience in the in the realms of sexualness or sexuality. So it uses the the same word sexuality to define itself, which is uh, usually kind of big no no in um, philosophy. And so this is actually great because when something is not so defined, so constricted, then we can expand it a little bit more. So basically I want to talk, I mean, I want to reference to a couple of things. And one of them is to listen to my previous uh, recording, which I considered the episode zero of the podcast, which is an interview conversation with a colleague, Susanna Hutzler, about using sexual energy as a way to survive in patriarchy. We call this strategy a widow and a black, started with black widow, gray widow and white widow. And there are three different um, levels of, of being a hostage of the sexuality of our own sexual energy to use, to manipulate, to take revenge, to control other people. And so if you're interested about that, I'm going to reference a little bit more into this, but I'm not going to talk it at length because I spoke already about it. And this is the, basically what most people have an understanding in in patriarchy, in modern culture, mainstream modern culture, 
is about sexuality is it's a basically a goal oriented thing it's a, a, a sexual energy is a currency sexuality is a currency how you are defined by um as as in terms of sexiness is defined by usually by men by men if you were a woman and by women if you were men usually and i know that there's also the sexual orient various sexual orientations but in in the biggest um trends is that basically sex sells and to be sexual is sexually attractive and to be sexy considered sexy it is a, a term defined by others basically and so whenever you have something about yourself that is defined by others by someone outside by an external authority figure it creates um an adaptiveness and so the, because the power lies outside of you and this is also one of the characteristics of sexuality in modern culture is that the power of defining sexuality is in others and so it, it I'm starting when I'm I'm starting to to go into basically how it is right now, and I know there's so much more uh, to talk about. It. And if you both in the room, if you have anything that you want to add about what you see um, happening in modern culture, sexuality in the, the realm of sexuality, please, I'd love to hear that too. So one of the things is that I just said is it's an, a, a currency. It is used to sell products. It is used to um, get your foot in the door in terms of getting a job or of even having a seat at a table or um, be heard in a room. So a lot of women in patriarchy has this have this experience that if, unless they are somewhat sexually attractive and sexy, they don't get into some... Um, groups where men are having conversations and so it's a used the women use it as a currency as a way to to sit at the table to to talk to other people to get their ideas known well this is a survival strategy this is what i was talking about being a white widow using sexual energy as a currency to manipulate something to create something and the issue with that or one of the consequences is that to see sexuality as a currency is that it is defined by its exchange and what we get from others out of it and so it lies outside ourselves basically it lies in getting some kind of gratification or um prize from this from this exchange and it's totally um it, it removes the possibility of sexuality being something that is created and inherent in, in ourselves and it's available. And it has nothing to do with even, it doesn't have to do with other people even. It can be um, explored, um, unfolded, all, even only with a one, oneself. And it, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. And so what I see basically in popular culture and films and, and music, and I see a lot of this, like women are getting more empowered and having there are lots of uh, pop artists, women pop artists, um, basically taking a stand very similar to men, took, uh, how men took a stand for sexuality in, in popular culture in patriarchy. So women are, um, I'm, I'm seeing like the likes of, uh, for example, Nicki Minaj and Rihanna, where there's this, I am a sexual woman and I'm gonna treat men just as sex objects, just like they treat me. And this is called, this is a, a type of, of female empowerment that it comes as a reaction it's like, okay, you treat me like this, I'll treat you like this. And we, we're going to play in the same field. So this is also a consequence of, of re reaction 
in a, in a, in a vengeful way, in a way it's, it's really like, so you treat me like this and I don't like it. Let's see if you like the same medicine. So I'm, I'm treating the, these kind of women empowerment as, as a, as a, an un, has an underworld tone of revenge. And, and these are also the consequences of using sexual energy as an, as an exchange, because there's very often um, an underworld purpose, um, a revenge, a control, a manipulation, a, an attempt to destroy something in, it's instead and punishment instead of creating something beautiful and new and, and radical and transformative and a nourishment and that serves the earth, serves everyone, serves oneself, serves the earth. Now, another characteristic of current modern culture sexuality is this goal orientation. And I want to talk about this because I personally grew up with this, um, with this goal. So also with the with the sec using sexual energy as an exchange. So I'm, I'm using basically my a little bit of my personal experience to talk about sexuality as, as I'm a, I say in the previous podcast episode, I'm a, a gray widow, basically a gray widow in, in recovery. Like I'm re recovering, like the alcoholics say they are recovering alcoholics. I'm a recovering gray widow, basically. And and also I, I grew up with this um, sense of sexuality as it's goal oriented. I need to get to orgasm uh, and the orgasm needs to be this incredibly um, just mind blowing, uh, full of sensation and, and intensity. And if it wasn't like that, it was like, meh, it's not, it's not great sex. And, and it, it I think a lot of people, a lot of um, young women and young men start with this, um, start a, a lot with this thing, which is they're exploring their body and it feels really great to have orgasms and, and, and there is no maturity in it. So it's, I'm going to get the satisfaction right here, right now, just like a child sees a piece of candy and, and just wants it. Just give me the candy right now. It has no sense of um, delaying the pleasure, building up, longing, uh, connecting to oneself before, before connecting to the candy. So, because they're a child, of course. But the thing is that a lot of people, they don't grow up in terms of knowing about themselves, about their bodies, their five bodies. We have five bodies, at least five bodies that I, that I've been able to distinguish to really experientially distinguish which is are the physical body which is our organs our skin um, the bones all of this parts and and the physical body has hungers has its own type of intimacy has its own kind of feeling of pain feeling of ecstasy and then we have the intellectual body our mental body which is our thoughts and ideas and basically it's also has its own kind of um, ecstasy and pain and the, the, the mental body has its own kind of intimacy as well. Then we have the emotional body, which is our feelings, our emotions, our anger, sadness, fear, and joy, and feeling and emotion. And again, its own food, its own ecstasy, its own pain, and its own kind of intimacy. And we have the energetic body. So, so the energetic body is a bit more subtle than the physical body and the, and the emotional body. And it's our energetic body is our sense of timing. It's our sense of personal space, of ownership, of this is mine, this is not mine. This is me, this is not me. And, and it's, everyone can, can kind of sense it. So you, whenever someone in the subway sits or stands really close to you, like a bit too close to you. And they, you just have this sensation of they're invading your space. More often than not, the person, uh, when, once you feel that, you'd move almost un unconsciously. You'd move away because that person's in your space. You didn't want that person to be in your space. So how we sense that someone is in our personal space is using our energetic body. 
And our the energetic body has so many amazing resources and ways of sensing space, sensing um, rhythms, sensing other people's um, intentions. And, and so it's, it's super rich if you want to, to especially go into conscious sexuality and navigating a space of relating with another person. And again, the energetic body has its own food, its own um, sense of ecstasy, its own sense of pain, its own kind of um, intimacy that it can create and generate. And then the fifth body has been discovered in the last uh, few years in the realm of possibility management, which is the uh, body of work that I, that I work with, is that the fifth body is the archetypal body. So the archetypal body is the the body that is made of it's basically what is our mission in the world. It's our service to our village. It's, it's through that body that we get these impulses from the what we call the bright principles, these archetypal forces of nature that are bigger than us. And that gives us impulses to, um, to go talk to this person, to go deliver this, this, this workshop, to, to create this path that is your work that doesn't exist in the world, but it needs to be created and, and it needs to be manifested in this world. And so the archetypal body is about your mission, your unique mission that you've, um, that you have, and it is your choice to do or not to do in this world. And so basically the, the archetypal body and a person really only gets consciously activated, comes online only when the four bodies, the four other bodies are in balance and activated. And so most people in the world, they might work with two, three bodies, maybe three bodies consciously, but not so many people would actually be balancing, feeding, working with all of those four bodies to to activate the fifth body. And so I'm, I'm talking about the five bodies because we're talking about, or what I would eventually like to talk about is archiarchal sexuality, which would imply to have its sexuality on the five bodies. So if a person is goal-oriented, you know, like, like I said, most people will grow up with this I want to get the satisfaction. I want to get the, to this orgasm. And the orgasm is the goal. The, the physical sensation, uh, physical, energetic, emotional sensation of the or orgasm is the goal. Then there's, it's still, the purpose is still smaller than your mission, your service to the world. So just to give you a perspective that much more than this, this, amazing, pleasurable um, happening, release of hormones uh, and, and all these crazy chemicals released in the brain is much, much more as possible. And, and most kids, they, they learn about their sexuality just with the, with the level of responsibility that they have. And the thing is that most people in the world even adult men and what, what, what people usually call adult men and women, they are not adults. I'm putting this on Tim. I'm, I'm claiming that most people in the world in the bodies of adults are not actually adults. And it's because they operate at the level of responsibility and in majority of a child. Because in a, in this Let's, let's, let's talk about modern culture again. In modern culture, when a child makes a mess, who cleans it up? So usually who cleans it up is the parents or, or the mother in a patriarchy. And you, if you look in the world, this is what's happening. You know, who's, who's cleaning up nuclear waste? Who's cleaning up the uh, climate change? Who's cleaning up the, the, the kilotons, the, like the tons and tons of carbon that are 
um, put into the air that are causing the ice caps to melt? Who is cleaning up the agroforestry? That is all this forest is being cut down so that there's a lot of beef that can be produced so that people can have burgers and fast food restaurants. Who's cleaning up the water that is basically being um, polluted by almost every single industry? Like so, a lot of these, and or who's who's cleaning up even the trash or the recycling that is being sent to so-called third world countries to be to be processed or recycled or just basically put on earth. The answer to this is either no one is cleaning up or others, other countries do it, other people do it, certainly not the, the ones that produce all this mess or future generations. You know, I went to a school and Actually, I was just speaking with, with Clinton last night and Clinton Callahan, the originator of possibility management. And he told me that when he went to school, they basically would say, uh, don't worry about the oil because we have oil for at least a hundred, like 200, 300 years. Don't worry. And by then in 200, 300 years, we'll have the technology that is that we can just make the shift really easy for another kind of fuel, for another kind of energy source. Okay, it's not 200, 300 years worth of oil and this kind of rhetoric of, oh, by, by the future, we just will have the, 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 te the appropriate technology is, is still being taught in schools. So I don't know, it was, it was in university in the 70s. I was in university in the in the early 2000s and in the early 2000s it was the same thing what are you going to do with the nuclear waste well we're just going to store it and then in 100 years we're going to have a good enough technology to figure out what to do with it so again future generations will figure it out they will clean our mess and so almost every single person in this world is, is in a body of an adult having child-level responsibility. And so child-level responsibility about your sexuality, what, what do you think it means? I'm, I'm asking both of you, just like, do you have any sense of what is child-level responsibility in terms of sexuality? I think it's kind of what we see today, what we experience happening in a way that um, basically what you get out of it, yeah, you're not really maybe owning and taking responsibility of what is really possible or even to explore what you can, can get out of it or even to acknowledge like what is the effect that you get if you're satisfied or not like yeah the most simple thing is that if you don't feel satisfied then you put it on the partner like this is the most simple thing but like yeah I would go even further that you're you're not like even usually taking responsibility to um to really uh, yeah own the power of being able to find out what's there and what what you get out of it and how does it affect you and, and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Go thank ahead. you. Thank you, Rika. Um, yeah, in my experience, like, uh, is like as a man, is more like uh, not being able to have access to my, yeah, to my inner world, my feelings through and just focus my sexuality in uh, pleasure. So that makes also to see women as an object, as a, as a way to produce also, because uh, you can raise children. And it's more, it's also about power. Um, I'm not being conscious about that. Mm -hmm. 
not being conscious about uh, all these kind of things that are happening around sexuality and just uh, normalize them, like living. Yeah, because everybody lives like that, then is what it is. Not yeah. asking, not asking like, yeah, what? Because uh, I, I had orgasm before, like very sweet and deep and uh, with a lot of pleasure, but I don't ask myself, oh, how, yeah, what can I do with, what else or to serve something can I do with this kind of energy? I'm not asking that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just getting the benefits. And also it's like, I'm getting the benefits, but I don't know if my partner is getting the benefits also. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not taking care of, all, of the other person. Yeah. Thank you, Joaquin. Yeah. Well, there's just so much, you know, how men and women are basically play in patriarchy at the child level responsibility where women and men don't take responsibility for their, their five bodies. First of all, not taking responsibility for nourishing, for, for feeding, for meeting their own needs. There is this modern culture, this kind of, um, sense that my partner should fulfill my needs usually and, and we call this this kind of we call this just really normal mainstream relationships usually monogamous relationships are relationships where the partner is seen the sexual or romantic partner is seen as the need um meter it's the person who meets my needs and it's their the needs that I, that I, that I state uh, consciously, but also the needs that I don't state. We have all over the world, so many examples in books, bestsellers about how to get him to do this or how to get her to, to be more like this, how to change your partner so that you can be a person who better meets your needs. So this just from this, just from the, the amount of bestsellers about how to change your partner and, and how to, to have your needs met by this relationship is already one big um, piece of thoughtware of, of how we think about relationship and sexuality as we are not responsible, as, as the person themselves are not responsible for meeting their own needs, other people are. And so if one thing to start getting out of patriarchy, of, of this um, child responsibility way of, of taking care of your sexuality is start taking care of your bodies. Start taking responsibility for your physical needs. That means also rest, exercise, uh, eating healthy. Ta start taking responsibility for your emotions and your feelings. So if you have anger, what to start feeling your anger, feeling your sadness, feeling your fear, feeling your joy. I mean, this is a big part of the world of possibility management, not because possibility management is about feelings work, not at all, but it's because if we do not awaken that body and change our relationship with the emotional body into a conscious adult radical relationship, to the emotional body, we cannot get to the archetypal realms. We cannot get into um, a, a bigger, like we cannot be the space through which our archetypal lineage, our, our mission can be um, developed in this world. And so that's why in possibility management, we do a lot of feelings work. And so take responsibility for your feelings. I feel angry. There's an information about that. Anger, sadness, fear, and joy are great sources and neutral sources. They're not good, not bad. They're neutral sources of energy. And they have this important information for you, for your life. And then take responsibility for your emotions. Emotions are uh, similar to feelings. They feel almost exactly the same. This emotional anger, emotional sadness, emotional fear, emotional joy, but they're not from the present. They come from usually from the past, from an uncompleted communication, an un, um, 
kind of almost like an emotional wound from the past. And taking responsibility for your emotions means recognizing that this is not from right now. It's nothing to do with you. Someone's, if I'm having an emotion or emotional reactivity to with someone else to recognize, this has nothing to do with you. I'm going to go take care of this so that I can really be present right now with you in this conversation. And so that means also taking responsibility for your emotions and to use them for uh, as gateways to emotional healing processes. And then take responsibility for your thoughts and your ideas. Where is it coming from? This is this idea coming from this purpose of competition or collaboration. Is this idea an assumption or a conclusion that I got from magazine somewhere or that I got from my teacher or was it something that I experienced and and um, and I am still developing? You know, how how open minded am I and how strict in my belief system am I really? So taking responsibility for your thoughtware, for the way that you think about the world and take responsibility for your energetic body. You know, do you keep your center, your energetic center? Are you are you responsible for your own authority? Or do you give your authority away to other people? Do you make other people responsible for your actions? For your, um, do you make people responsible for the way that you interact in the world? Do you make other people systems even? Doesn't have to be like particular people, but systems. Do you make systems responsible for how you are showing up in the space, in this relationship, in this, in your job? So all of this is about, if you take responsibility, then you are at source of creating what you want to create in the world. So when you start taking responsibility for these four bodies, then you can start, okay, then you can start to have more power, more, basically more agency in the world. And in in terms of sexuality, what, what could that mean? Because most people in the world think about sexuality as a f- mainly physical thing. That's, that's sex. It's penetration. It's most of the time friction. You know, mainstream, let's, let's really talk about it. It's most, it's male-centric. Uh, mainstream is male-centric. And it's not even male-centric in a, in a kind of super transformative way. It's a, it's like you said, Joaquin, it's like the woman is the source of pleasure and, and it's about getting there, getting to the pleasure. And, and as, and when I was growing up, most of my friends were men and we would talk about this. And it, it was this, the idea was that sex was this hard and fast and it just with a lot of penetration and quick and and hard and that's where um the orgasm that's how the orgasm would come basically and that was a good that was good sex now a lot of people even in the 50s still think this way it's a kind of a very not a pre-teenager way of of thinking about sex it's it's like, like I said, grab that candy and, and eat it and just blah, enjoy it. And that's it. It's so, it's, it's very unidimensional. And it usually, for most women in this world, it doesn't work for them to have any pleasure. And because women need a completely different tempo. Women, and, and men, I think men too, but men have Yes, they, they, they might have this, all these nerve endings. Um, and the, the, uh, the male anatomy is very different from the female anatomy, of course. And, and it could be very concentrated for a lot of the men, like physical nerve endings in, in their sexual organs. And women are told to have a lot more um, nerve endings or erotic that is associated with eroticism all over their bodies. I, I really recommend that you read this um, book called Vagina from Naomi Wolf. Uh, it's a really great um, book about the, 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 the story of this woman who basically 
found out that women's um, nervous, like nervous design is very different. And some women can have eight types of orgasm and some women can only have two because of their design. But even, even though men have a very different design than women, I wonder how much of this, this idea that all oh, men, you know, they're like really fast to, to get to orgasm and women are really slow because of this patriarchal way of also looking at men as they're just, they're just wired this way. You know, what if men would learn to activate other parts of their physical body that is not just their genitals. You know, there's all these stories about um, men and also women, but I'm talking about men who are paraplegic or tetraplegic, that they don't have any sensation in their arms and their legs, but they can reach orgasm with just touching the earlobes. They sensitize other parts of their body. So I mean, physically, this is possible. And so if this is possible for a man has, who has no sensation in a 95% of his body, it is also possible for a lot of other men to consider that even physical sensation is more than what happens in your penis. So this is just not even going into any other body yet about sexuality. We're just talking about the physical body. Women's physical bodies are very different than in the in the in the Taoism. It is said that men are like fire; they are easy to light up and burn, and quick to burn out, and that women are like water; they take a, a long time to get warm. But then when they got warm, they stay warm for a long time. And, and I really, I really resonate with this, that there's this women, women have been, have had the opportunity of having a more involved relationship with their bodies, with their emotions, with other, they've been in, in one of the consequences of patriarchy is that women are, are controlled in some ways but they're also allowed to have more emotional sensitivity. They're also allowed to have more energetic sensitivity than men. So they've basically have been allowed to develop this interconnected system of the physical sensations with the emotional um, sensations and with the um, attachments or creating a space of relating with another human being. Well, men have been, um, controlled more in their emotional body and energetic body. And so they have not had the opportunity in patriarchy. They're not really allowed to develop this parts of them. And so it could be that actually men and women are maybe not that differently wired, but they, they've been, um, the men have not been allowed to develop this part of themselves and women have. In any case, most women would say that they need a lot more time, at least 20, 30 minutes of attention, of um, touch, of feeling emotionally um, relaxed, feeling their emotions and feelings and having a sense of relaxation in their emotional body, emotion and physical body and energetic body in order to have uh, enough libido and lubrication and, and desire to have penetrative sex. So we're still just talking about the physical body. So really if, and I know that there's all, it's like so many things that make a woman numb from food that they can eat so that they don't feel fear or they don't feel sadness or, um, medication or basically any any activity can be a numbing strategy for not feeling the fear of being in contact with someone not feeling the the sadness of um of whatever is happening in that person's life and so the, my point is that if a woman is numb 
her body will respond accordingly. Her body will usually respond with less lubrication, less desire, because for the woman to be really, and, and I think a lot of women would agree with me that there's this, this, there's different levels of yes. There's this yes of the physical body. Then there's this yes of, of the emotional body, the yes of the energetic body. And, and of course, yes of the, the mental body. And there's a, a kind of inner pressure. I mean, to, to kind of, because, because in, in patriarchy, uh, if, if I don't get the attention of the men or if women don't get the attention of the men in a certain amount of time, they might um, give up or they might not be interested anymore. And so women pressure themselves to manipulate themselves. And that's how they become really experts in manipulating sexual energy, manipulate their own sexual energy. So they turn themselves on. I don't know if many of you guys knew this, but women self-manipulate to turn themselves on faster than their bodies would naturally do so that they can be kind of ready for the men short attention span to have attention on her so i'm going to make a little parenthesis here yeah i see see a woman <laughs> nodding yeah the woman there's something that i've learned and that possibly one of the biggest things that I've came across that was this, that, that really sounded true for me, that when I heard spoken, it was, it was like, I don't know how, but this is, this is really true. Like I could feel it with every cell of my being. And it was this, this sentence that I heard in my first expand the box training with Clinton Callahan. And it was, that when an adult man, an adult initiated adult man places his conscious initiated adult attention on an initiated adult woman, she suddenly wakes up. Part, like this whole archetypal feminine in her wakes up and she remembers the path to the center of the great labyrinth of spaces. Now this sounds like a, 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 a riddle or something, but when I was told this sentence, my whole body knew that this is true. And this, the more women that I spoke to, it's like women are designed, women, the feminine is designed to, to have this knowledge inside their own bodies, the knowledge of the whole world inside of the, their bodies like this. And it, and women are designed to have this, the something magical happen when the attention of an initiated adult man is put on them. And it's, and, and they don't have it because in modern culture, the attention span is really short. The man is not really present with himself, never mind with another woman. And so women do anything. They are desperate. They will do anything anything to get a little bit of attention. It's not the full attention. It's not the adult attention. It's not the initiated attention, but it's almost like any attention is better than no attention because they feel it's their design to do, to, to, to be activated, to be enlivened this way. And unfortunately, because of this despair, women they, they manipulate themselves and manipulate other people so that they can get this really low quality attention from men. And I mean, it is, it is, it's sad. I'm angry and I'm sad about that because it's really, it, it is, it is saying that it is not possible to have this kind of adult attention because if a woman is trying for pining for, for any attention, she's already given up. She's giving up, she's in this kind of despair, giving up the, the possibility of having a, the, the particular, the, this, this initiated transformative attention. And so what they do is that what I was just explaining, they manipulate themselves to just get whatever I can, whatever I can right now so that this guy doesn't start thinking about work, this guy doesn't start thinking about other things that are important, like going out with the guys or whatever it is. 
And so the women themselves allow themselves to be shrunken down to this narrative of, of whatever 20 minutes of, or 15 minutes of sex with this guy where there's some kind of magic, but it's, it's also very manipulated in their own fantasy world that they're having actually more what they, than they are because the men isn't fully there. And the part of them really knows that. And the, the, the sad thing is, is the woman, she also knows that she's not really there if she's trying this hard. It's like the woman is holding all of this, these threads together because the man isn't there. And gosh, it's, it's, it's so sad for me because I think if women would stop being content with less, the men would have no other choice than to to meet them somewhere you know and i i think it's a it's a scary step for women to to go to say no and and maybe i will never have any attention i will die basically then and 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 they don't say no to this kind of low level i'm going to say like starbucks like mcdonald's fast food kind of attention like not nourishing attention and if women could could actually start noticing and i'm talking about mostly women because women have already this a little bit of developed sensation of of emotions and and energy and i'm going to talk about men too is that if they can start noticing that there's a whole world inside of them that they can really expand and that they don't have to depend on the attention of a man at all. And they will not only not die, but they will find out if they don't have attention of a man, unless it's high quality attention, they will find out that the the sexual energy in them awakens in a different way because it's like tending to a garden, tending to a garden, until it grows and it grows and it unfolds. And basically it, it requires the, the, the woman to cut off these assumptions and dependencies of a man. It's about woman growing up and stopping using sexual energy and um, to manipulate the men, to manipulate the other woman, to manipulate themselves into forcing them to have sex basically. Okay, if, if women start taking responsibility for their sexual energy in this way, the men would have no other option but just to grow into meeting them. Now men. Actually, men have been growing. I think men have been growing a lot, especially in this last, I think, 20 years, because the the young men that I see, and I know I'm white and I mostly lived in um, kind of what people call more civilized countries or developed countries. But the, the young men that I see growing and the, the new generations are men who, are, who really do want to meet women, who do want to meet women, who want to create a completely different culture uh, about sexuality. They're um, more... Mm, taking care of consent, thinking like, okay, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I want to be sure that the woman wants to have sex with me. I want to make sure that my pa- partner wants to have sex with me. I don't want to pressure them, all of these things. So that there's more awareness. So I think actually, especially the young men are having uh, a little bit more awareness, but, and, or, or, and this, there's still this, um, lack of knowledge about all of these bodies and all so the, the emotional body in men the the sexual energy in men how can sexual energy in the men be used for his life energy how can the energy the sexual energy of men can be used to create life in him like and i i know that we're just you know we're almost 1 hour in <laughs> And I haven't even scratched the surface. So maybe I'll, I'll have to do some series 
of, of like the sexuality series. But I'm, I'm talking about men starting to sensitize their physical body into not just their penis or their genitals, but something that women have been have had access to mostly unconsciously. So both genders can do this or all genders can do this actually, which is to, to sensitize the physical body to all sensations as part of sexual energy because sexual energy is a life energy. It's not just energy for sex, for intercourse. It's not just erotic energy. Sexual energy is life energies. It's life energy that allows your organs to work well, that allows this, this sense of vibrancy in the world. When you look at this incredible flower, you know, the, the color of the petals, this, there is sexual energy in that flower. I mean, flowers are the erotica of nature, basically. They're, they're attracting uh, pollination, you know, so, which is sex for, for plant, for the plant world. And so if you start men, if you start sensitizing, sensitizing your, your physical body and to, instead of concentrating your sexual energy in your sex, in your, in your sexual organs and start sensitizing your, in your uh, skin, your hair, your toes, and to feel the ecstasy, feel the sexual energy in, in the air going in through your nostrils and out and filling your, your chest, basically your lungs full of air. And if you start sensitizing, going into the subtle sensations of what it is to be alive, to be physically alive, you start opening doors to your own sexuality that also has nothing to do with penetration of the woman. It has to do with being alive. And this is what I know that we're almost at the end of the podcast, but this is what I want to bring that sexuality is not really defined. Sexuality is about being alive, being fully alive with the world, with yourself and with others, being radically alive in the five bodies and maybe other bodies that we would discover to be fully alive in, in the, the sensitive in the, the, and creative, you know, because I don't think it's by accident that this, the sexuality is so connected to generating life, like physical life, babies and all of that, but it's, it, life is generated. Even when it's not in the physical realm, you can, you can generate a whole new space. You can generate ideas. You can generate possibilities okay so this this generative energy that is sexual energy is for creating life is for manifesting life in all its shapes physical and non-physical and so starting even starting with the most kind of dense of our bodies the physical body this would be my actually like steps step zero of, of sexuality for men and women all over the world would be start sensitizing your physical body and letting, allowing the energy of sexual energy to circulate in your whole body and not concentrate on your sexual organs and your genitals. So when you go outside after this podcast, you know, if, you're, if you're in the cold or even if you're in the warmth just go outside for five minutes. And when you're outside, close your eyes, center yourself, which I'm going to tell you what to, how to do it. When you're going to center yourself and you're going to relax your physical body, even if it's cold, even if it's hot, just relax your muscles and focus on receiving the sensation of the cold or the wind or the sun touching your skin and, and receive this sensation and focus on the, on the, where is the aliveness in there? 
of what aliveness is it turning on in you? And if even if you don't feel anything at first, just continue to do this because it's, you know, any kind of sensitization, sensitation, or making yourself more sensitive um, practice takes a little practice, takes a little building. Okay. But it doesn't take a long time before you start really feeling, really sensing much more than you could before. And so you go outside and you center yourself. And this is how you center yourself. And this practice might change your life. The practice of being centered, which is you put your attention, you place your conscious attention, because your attention is usually spread out everywhere. You place your conscious attention in your attention. So you notice where your attention is. And then you move all of the, where your pieces of attention are. It's like a, you fish them. You put all of these threads together. You move with your intention, all of these pieces of attention together until it's concentrated in a kind of a ball, an energetic ball, which is called your energetic center. And with your intention, you move all of this concentrated attention into your physical center. Your physical center is below your belly button, two centimeters below your belly button, inside your body, in front of your spine. So basically, you put your attention in your attention. You find out where your attention is. It's, be, it's yesterday, it's in my stomach, it's in what I'm going to eat tomorrow, it's am I late for this thing, it's in my left leg that is hurting, it's in the dog barking outside, all of these places where you have your attention. You just concentrate all of your attention into one area, like a ball the size of a grapefruit, and then with your intention, you move all of that concentrated attention into your physical center. And that's being centered. There's no particularly uh, intense sensation or not intense sensation. It's a, it's, it's being, it's like a, having your, your energetic center in its home. And what it does, it aligns all of your bodies together. So then you can be more present. And this, this action of being centered, it takes some practice. So you might lose it and then do it again. Okay. But once you do that and you're centered, this is basically position zero. And then you let yourself be touched by, by the wind, by the warmth, by the sun. And follow the, the aliveness. Follow where is the aliveness in you of being caressed by the wind, of being touched by the warm radiance of the sun. And allow that sensation to circulate throughout your whole physical body. Okay. Thank you everyone for being here and for listening on my first episode of talking about sexuality. And we're going to, I'm going to already in the, in the next month do part two, because we just talked about the physical body. So I hope to see you in, in the next episode, I'm going to publish this one and we can continue to talk about sex, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and discovering. So <laughs> yes, go ahead, Joaquin. Yeah, thank you so much. I, it was, uh, yeah, so I, I was very, uh, identify all the things that you said as a man and all the things that women are looking for a man, for men, that we are not like allowed to, uh, yeah, we are very comfortable in the patriarchy mm. and uh, it, it's a lot of numbness. Uh, so thank you so much for your, uh, 
podcast and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to see what's going on the next month thank you thank you joaquin thank you for your questions and thank you relica as well for your questions and for your sharing i'll see you next month yes thank you vera thank you all bye bye bye